From Vistio, this is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Hello and welcome to CXQA Live, the home of the agent-centric contact center philosophy. We talk every week about how agents with the right connection and training and tools are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool you can have for your business. They're going to ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stick around and contribute to the long-term success of your company. Now, today, back on the show with us for the second time, second round in the hot seat, we have Lisa Guzman, Director of Customer Support at Enlighten Today, longtime CX practitioner and the self-titled People Fertilizer of the Contact Center. Welcome back, Lisa. Thanks, Rob. Glad to be here. So today we're going to dig into a topic that you call Foundations of Agent Career Growth. So without a whole lot of preamble, why don't you kick us off by just giving us the overview. What is agent career growth? Well, first I want to talk about the fact that, you know, a lot of companies are not looking at customer support agents in the way that they should. These agents have so much knowledge because it's part of their role to know a little bit about everything in that company, whether it's within their department, within the customer support scope or something else. And like I've said before, uh, most of your customers will only ever talk to uh, a customer support agent, no matter how many people actually work at your company. So with that said, I think it's extremely important for companies to re-look at how they're uh, viewing customer support agents, because they're a great pool from where you can glean for new roles within your organization, uh, expanding roles, and it can be either within CS or outside of CS for a lot of reasons. So I think that's really where I want to focus is, you know, kind of changing the mindset of how we are leveraging the knowledge that customer support agents bring to the company. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all can acknowledge that there are a lot of situations in customer support where agents are just viewed as replaceable. And, you know, there's a certain level of attrition that's accepted that really wouldn't be accepted in many other situations in business, right? We're going to lose 15% or 20% annually, and we just accept this. And I think what you're saying is that's a, actually a really big loss, not just in things like training costs and hiring costs, but as far as the knowledge and the capability and the potential future value that those agents represent when they leave, that's just a loss. Exactly. They're, they're taking knowledge with them that you can't necessarily replicate when you bring in a new agent. And I think just in general, thinking about, you know, an agent moving on to another department versus leaving the company in general is just a good thing. I've experienced myself where I've had my own agents be leveled up, move to other departments. And one of the great benefits to me was now I have an in in that department. So it's not just me reaching out to somebody that I see has the title accountant um, when there's an issue. I know Debbie who used to work for me, who's now in accounting 
and I can pick up the phone or Slacker and say, hey, Debbie, can you do me a favor and look at this? So I can get results faster because I'm connected to someone in that department where before it was just like a nameless person or a faceless person rather that doesn't have a connection with me. So you're helping your department as well by bringing those people to level up, even if they go to another department, because now you have allies and connections in other departments where you might not have had before. Absolutely. And, and the power of somebody being in that specialized department who understands what the customer service operation is like and, and what that experience is like for the remaining agents is extremely valuable as well. You know, and, and, and I was thinking about this when we were talking previously and, and, and it kind of hit me, uh, you know, you, you just talked about a couple of very practical, uh, you know, reasons why CX leaders should be interested in this and care about this. But, you know, not only do the agents know if their career is not valued at the organization, because they do know, they sense it, they feel it, right? Um, and so it, it's going to affect their performance now because they're just trying to do enough to get by for now because there's no future here for them and they feel that. But in general, there are a lot of reasons that CX leaders and CX organizations should care about agent career growth and creating that context, that sense of, you know, I'm not just here for a short time necessarily, that even if I leave this organization, that what I do here and the work that I do here matters for my career. So maybe you can kind of unpack from the leadership and organizational standpoint, why should leaders and organizations actually care about agent career growth? Yes, and, and it is true. Customer service agents can feel if they are not valued. And so you're going to get out of them what you put into them. If you're putting in minimal effort, they're going to put out minimal effort. If you are giving them a track for career growth, that's going to incentivize them even more so if that track is predicated upon their performance, meaning if you want to move forward in your career here and these are the ways that we can do that, you have to perform where you are. I've seen a lot of uh, support agents, unfortunately, they want to move to other places, but I've had to tell them, hey, until you do what you need to do here, I can't move you anywhere else. And so that incentivizes them to want to do better in their current role, want to reach out, want to be more proactive, you know, being the CEO of their own career, which is something that, you know, we talk about a lot is, you know, taking command of your career and not just being passive. And you do that by performing, by meeting your metrics, by having effective one-on-ones and, and letting your leader know, you know, what your goals are. And then and the leader in turn, helping that person to reach those goals. But again, that way, even if they do go to another department, while they are with you, they're performing. So it's way better to have someone who's going to be a high performer while they're with you than have somebody who's going to be a poor performer that you just end up having to either let go of or who goes somewhere else. And then that way they can also be examples to the people who are not as high performers because then they can see, hey, this person was a high performer. Now they're doing these things. I want that for myself as well. No, that's really good. That's really good. And I think it's somewhat counterintuitive, unfortunately, for a lot of leaders, the way that they view even the contact center operation is kind of handed down oftentimes from the C-suite or from other parts of the business 
that don't understand the truths that you led with, which is that, you know, this is a very valuable asset. This human being that is your customer service rep knows stuff other people don't know. And they talk to your customer all day. And yet so many in upper echelons of leadership outside of the contact center simply see the contact center as a cost. And we talk about that on a regular basis here um, in the show, because obviously without the philosophy that we try to push, um, we don't believe that. We, we believe that it's, it's more of an opportunity and growth and retention center for customers and, and business outcomes. And it's that interface between the business and the customer. So, you know, it's counterintuitive to have conversations sometimes with upper level leadership that aren't engaged in the operation of customer support themselves, how would you start that conversation to try to talk to leaders who aren't necessarily day-to-day in the contact center about not just the value of the agent, but why that career mindset makes such a difference to the business outcomes they're going to see in the contact center? I think it starts with removing the silos that customer service tends to have when in comparison to other departments within an organization. For whatever reason, other departments will interact so much more than with customer service. I'm not sure if there's a a fear. I'm not sure if there's a bias. um, But that's something that I've seen quite often where uh, customer support just lives within itself and it's its own bubble. And I think that's to the detriment of both the customer service agents as well as the rest of the company. And so I encourage leaders in customer support to uh, proactively engage with other departments and not necessarily you know, to start off talking about customer support, just to get to know them, just to understand what they do. And when you take that time to do that, you can you know, find out what their needs might be. Oftentimes I've reached out to other departments just to kind of understand what they do and found out they had some holes in their department. I worked for a company where, you know, they were having trouble getting their invoices put in the database. And I said, hey, you know what? I can lend out a couple of my agents for a few weeks if that's going to help. And I knew that I had agents that loved data that loved, you know, putting information into databases. So we made that connection. They were super happy because it wasn't like a role where they had to hire somebody full time. It was just a very short term project. But then now they know Alicia, they know David for these people that did this work for them. So then when a role does come up, they're gonna think about Alicia again. They're gonna think about David again. So it's a win-win for everybody. Well, and it also creates that uh, we're all a team together kind of a mindset because giving resources to another department might not directly reflect positively on how you get evaluated as a leader, but ultimately you are being open with the resources that you manage in a way that benefits the whole company. Now, the difficulty comes with when that is not mutual, right? And so then you sort of like, well, if I'm going to give and you're just going to take, but I think you model a bigger and deeper mindset uh, for your agents and and really within the whole company. And hopefully that's a a culture that is kind of set from the top, right? Um, You know, that we are a team together. We need to learn from each other. We need to cooperate. We need to assist each other. 
that is an environment, by the way, where agent career growth can really flourish. You know, I, I think that the goal for any leader at the top of any organization should be to get that organization working together and kind of on mission together and sharing, you know, a sense of purpose and camaraderie. And honestly, having a career mindset as an agent, you know, is somewhat dependent upon the culture that is present in the company as a whole and certainly within the CX organization because it's it's a two-way street, right? Like it, it takes the organization and the agent both thinking that way for this to work. Yeah, there's two quotes that I think of that really model, you know, what I think we should be attaining. And that's, you know, one from Gandhi that, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it doesn't mean necessarily mean the entire earth. It can mean your world, whether it's corporate, personal, whatever. Um, and then there's also an African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think those two have really been a career changing for me as far as my perspective on how to lead, not just CX, but in in general. And that um, if we learn to collaborate, which I think is something that we talk a lot about, but I don't know that we necessarily do um, because it takes a lot of um, ego, you know, needs to get out of the way and, and being open to new ideas and, and being able to think differently and being able to hear and listen, uh, which I think is a, a something that I'm constantly learning how to do because we tend to want to uh, listen to respond instead of listen to understand. Mm-hmm. But I think if we start implementing a lot of that in the way we work, everyone can benefit. A hundred percent. I mean, I guess there's a, about five different things that I want to stop and engage with that you just said, not least of which just actually valuing someone that you're listening to enough to hear genuinely where they're coming from, what their concerns are, what their relevant values are in the situation. Uh, And by the way, the best CSRs, the best agents do this really, really, really well. And that is another way that agents bring a different kind of value into an organization and can actually lead upwards and model upwards and outwards and omnidirectionally to bring positive value to an organization by someone whose job it was just to listen and engage and deal with somebody's concerns. Now working in another department can be a cultural infiltrator in a good way, right? Just based on that skill set being honed. But because we do have a limited time, I'm going to pivot us just a little bit, Lisa. And I know you're going to be sharing a lot of content on your social channel about all these things we're talking about. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But you talk about the difference between a productivity mindset for agents and a results mindset for agents. And I feel like this is right at the crossroads of everything we've been saying so far And I'd really love for you to unpack that for us. Yes. So, you know, if you've ever worked in customer service, which I've worked in various capacities in customer service my entire career, agents are trained to look at their metrics, which is totally fine. You know, what are your KPIs? What are your SLAs? What are your QA numbers look at? Uh, How much, you know, how many emails did you respond to? How many calls did you take? And if those numbers are high, they feel good. If those numbers are low, they feel bad. Understood. Once you move into leadership, your work is not based on those kind of numbers anymore. 
And if you are transitioning, meaning you aren't in the new role yet, but you're being trained for the new role or you're being groomed for the new role and your numbers start to go down because you're now doing this new thing, that can be scary for people who are used to just seeing the numbers and you have to kind of teach them that it's not about the numbers anymore. For example, one of the things that I have said to every rep that I've had, if you want to keep a job, either you come up with ways to save the company money or you come up with ways to make the company money. Mm. And that's something very different than what we normally tell customer service reps. We normally tell them, make sure you answer the phone, make sure you have one uh, contact resolution, but this is bigger. This is now I have to look for the holes. I have to see how this particular incident can directly affect the bottom line of the company. I have to think about the fact that yes, the call center is a cost, but everybody is a cost. So if I can find ways to reduce our costs, that's gonna be huge. If I can find ways to increase revenue, um, revenue is not just for sales. Revenue is for everyone because at the end of the day, as nice as you might like your company, if your company is not profitable, it's not going to stay in business. And so shifting that mindset can be difficult, but at the same time, I think it's something that, again, you can take into every department, no matter which one you go to and think of, you know, maybe we should use less paper. Um, maybe, you know, we can have less in-person meetings, just various things. And this is the great part of it. I also tell agents, don't be disappointed if your idea doesn't pan out or it's not something that the company uses. It's the fact that you're now showing that you are a thinker. That's the goal. I mean, yes, it's great if we use your idea and it comes to fruition and it makes the company millions of dollars, but showing yourself now as a thinker instead of just a doer is pivotal for your uh, career growth. Well, and again, the receptivity of the company, not only to the idea, but to the person bringing it is a huge variable there, right? So the ability for leaders to listen to ideas that might run contrary to the way we're currently doing things, is not a given, you know? And so I think this is part of your message in general, Lisa, is that leaders don't have to know everything but for them to value the feedback and, and the ideas that come from their agents is part of fostering that agent career growth mindset within the organization. And that ultimately is one of the reasons that you see kind of a reductionist view of the value of agents is, is there's this acceptance that they're not going to stick around in a lot of cases. And so, you know, they're not risking anything. They're not going to stick their neck out with an idea because they're just trying to keep their job until they find something else. And so, the business loses out on anything other than that minimum required productivity when that exchange occurs. Rather, I think what you're proposing here is even though an agent is still being measured on performance metrics to a certain degree, for them to begin to shift their own mindset, and hopefully this is encouraged, hopefully this is cultivated and received and acted upon, to have an idea about some way to change the business outcome as it relates to the contact center, whether it's saving money or bringing in more money. 
And that could be through things as broad and vague as, well, we lost 10% less agents because they hate their job less this year. I mean, but anything that accomplishes that, I think is, is really, really dependent upon how fertile the ground is for that seed to be sown, right? So I, I would love to get your thoughts on, on kind of how that all works, because I think that's where a lot of this that could be in the hearts and minds of agents doesn't really go anywhere for them or for the company. I'm going to say that the mindset shift isn't just on the agents. It's going to have to be on the leaders as well. They have to start looking at the agents differently because again, the agents are not stupid. They know when, you know, they're just a cog in the wheel and they know when they are being considered as a valuable asset. And so it starts from the top. And so we as leaders need to make sure that we're not just giving lip service, but that we're putting real incentives, real plans in place so that they understand, yes, there really is opportunity here. Yes, you know, I'm willing to do the work. Every relationship that you're ever in is a 50-50 relationship. And I speak about that a lot. And so I tell agents, if you do your 50%, I will definitely do my 50%. But if I do my 50% and you do zero, that's still failing. If you do 20%, I mean, yeah, you're passing, but is that really where you want to be? But I promise you that I will put in my 50%. So again, it's not just the agent that needs to have a mindset change, but leadership as well. And that's something that I feel like when you're in leadership, you have to have a mindset change with your reps. And you also need to encourage that same change with people in C-suite as well to understand the value that your team is bringing. Thanks for that, Lisa. We, we've got a great question in the chat. Shafiq, thanks for asking this. I'm just going to read your question so that Lisa can respond. What advice or guidance do you give agents who don't have any education post high school? Do you recommend pursuing certificates or college degrees? And I think the context there, of course, is that agents that want to grow their career, you know, maybe beyond that first level CSR type role, what kind of advice or guidance do you have about that particular question? Because I think it's a really good one. I love that question. I consider myself a lifetime learner. And when I say that I, yes, I have my degree in business administration with a minor in marketing, but I've also gotten a lot of certificates. I've also learned a lot of stuff from watching YouTube. So I would say there really isn't a one size fits all path. I think it really depends on where the agent wants to go. I think also they should be really in their one-on-ones pushing their leaders to make recommendations for them saying, Hey, this is where I want to go. What do you think makes the most sense for me to learn? It could be something as simple as taking a course on Salesforce. If Salesforce is a, is a platform that your company uses. Um, if you're interested in staying with the company, I think it's really important to understand how the company works, the platforms that the company uses, and based on that, tailor your further education. But like I said, I don't think that there's a one size fits all for anybody, depending on, you know, their lifestyle. Um, when I was, you know, taking care of a family, you know, going to college was very difficult for some people. That's just not a possibility. Um, but like I said, I think, you know, really push your leaders to 
uh, lend their expertise on maybe some courses they've taken, some courses that they know other people have taken, and kind of go from there. Uh, that's really, 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 really good thinking. I Because the they're, they're most important questions, the answer is some form of it depends, right? Because if it was a simple one-size-fits-all formula, then everybody would already know the answer. So I think, you know, the, the kinds of uh, dynamics that you're encouraging are really related to self-awareness for the, on the part of the agent to understand that there are places that they can go and potentially, you know, get certification or education that's relevant to the career path that they want and that their leaders hopefully are being a resource for them in that journey. And hopefully there's regular, you know, coaching meetings and mentoring sessions where these kinds of conversations are intentionally built in. A lot of times that doesn't happen. So that's one way that it's a two-way street again, right? But I think I'm familiar with a really, really great training resource that agents can utilize and that organizations can make available for agents that are maybe more focused just on the front end and first tier customer support type role, but they can receive from this particular training module an overview of the customer experience theory and start to to think a little bit more big picture about what the role of customer support means in the in the whole business and not just about, I need to complete this call with a certain time frame and quality score and all of that. And so if anybody's interested in, in learning more about that resource, feel free to reach out uh, to me on LinkedIn or, or whatever. But, but I think they're, they're finding those resources, making those connections, pursuing that it is largely on the agent to desire that for themselves, but it's, it's necessary for, the organization to be supportive in order for that agent with that mindset to want to stay and grow their career through that organization. What are some other initial steps that agents or reps who might be listening to this can take to begin taking charge of their part in this equation? Well, I think you touched on a good point that I don't want to overlook and that growth can happen two ways. It can happen horizontally or it can happen vertically. And that means, you know, you might want to, you know, improve on your skills for customer service and you can do that. It's not always necessarily that you have to move up within the organization. You can increase your value right where you are. And I think that's really important to understand. But I would say the biggest issue that I'm seeing with with reps is they're not speaking up for themselves. You have to be your own advocate at the end of the day. Uh, you need to let people know that you're interested in other roles. You need to prepare for those roles ahead of time. I've seen agents where they applied for roles, not having prepared for them. And they're like, well, I didn't know that role was coming up. And I'm like, you have to be ready beforehand so that when that role comes up, we might not even post it. We might just say, hey, Adrian's the one. She's mm-hmm. showed that she has these abilities. So I think that's the biggest thing I would suggest for any agent is to be your own advocate, be the CEO of your career, because you have a lot of great value, but it's important for people to actually see the value, not just for you to know it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, a new role is part of your career. It is not the only thing. It's like the difference between the forest and the tree, right? You know, so if you're thinking about wanting to change the trajectory of your career, there are small steps like what you're saying, getting a specific certification or 
or whatever that shows at least that you're taking your career seriously and not just trying to get by uh, on the bare minimum of what you have. Now, that said, um, people go through times where life is harder than others and logistics are what they are. I think there are ways to speak up and to vocalize opinion or ask questions or just to be engaged when you are at work that can contribute to this as well. And, and I think you've discussed some of that throughout the content today. I, I think this is a great topic. I think this is something that deserves its own way of finding language to discuss it, to dialogue with it. I appreciate your investment in our industry and in you know, both the leaders and organizations side, but also in the agent side. And I know you're looking to grow that investment, Lisa. And so it's really an honor for us to have you be a part of the show today in this way. And, and we'll have you back on soon to do more. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is something that I am extremely passionate about. I really feel like not only is it the right thing to do, but it is also the profitable thing to do. So to be able to do things that are morally right, but also profitable, I think is just, again, a, w- a huge win-win. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll be around the discussion table for a few minutes right after we end the session. But whether you're going to hang out with us or not, don't make a difference in your world today. Happy Tuesday, everybody. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.